This is the podcast, not an interview. This is a conversation. No gimmicks, just reasons. 84 reasons. Come holler at me. What up, Michael people? This is Lazy Star with us. 84 reasons, no games, no gimmicks, just reasons. Every week I sit down, one of the best to ever come through Gainesville. This next, my next guest, man. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to do my best to frame it right. Cause when I get up on my teammate, I, I, I want to make sure I do it right. Left us, left us, left his junior year, you know. So left in 2002, Gainesville native, Gainesville high school. I don't know if it's a purple hurricane or it's a hurricane. I know he rep both of them, no matter how you look at it. Went to play for them Bears, spent some time with the Eagles, the Panthers, the Chargers. Came back to Florida as a GA. Spent some time at UCF as a D line coach. Went to Central Michigan. I mean, he was—he already had a big jacket already coming from Chicago. Came now, the current head coach of his alma mater, them Gainesville Purple Hurricanes, two times second team All SEC. By the way, for those you don't know. Part of that 2000 recruiting class, my brother, the great Ian Scott. What's going on, Ian? Yeah, what's up, Troop? How you doing, man? I can't complain, man. But first and foremost, it's good to see you. Uh, but I got to get to something first, so before we even get into it, you you were an industrial engineering major in college? Yes, sir. That's why y'all never saw me around. That's, why, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I was about to say. I'll be like, I said, because the one thing I do is I said, I saw Ian on the field. Training table. Maybe sometimes if I did go to uh tutoring, I did see you, but we never saw you. But then I saw what how does one manage the pressures of being in Florida, being from Gainesville, and and being an industrial engineering major? Uh I don't I don't know if I have a great answer for that one. Uh it was just something that I did. You know, we when we were and I'm sure you did, you know, up in Georgia, right? In high school, we did everything, right? You, from the time you started school in August until May, you went to school in the morning and you stayed after school and did some type of sport. And, you know, for me, it was football, baseball, and basketball, and then go to spring football and then do basketball and football all summer. So, you know, when you have that type of schedule, you get into college, it's, you know, more of the same. Um, so it just, it just became a part of the routine. I, you know, I never being a part of that 2000 recruiting class with all of you wonderful athletes, I never, you know, being able to move beyond and go play professional football wasn't something that I, you know, originally thought was going to be possible. So I knew I wanted to have a, a degree that would help me to be able to get a job in, you know, multiple type of fields and, um, so I landed on that because I like math and I like business classes and there's not really a mix between math and history unless you want to, you know, be a, a math or a history teacher, which I am now teaching a math class. So, you know, it all comes full circle at some point. <laughs> I mean, talk about full circle though. Cause I, cause you know, you, I mean, I, I think I thought I, I thought I knew my teammate. You started playing football as a freshman in high school. That's the first time you started playing. That's right. I was too big, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 Because I got to put this into context. You started playing football when you was in the ninth grade. Ended up being one of the best players coming out um, in Florida, which I, I give it to you. I, 
I will give it to the state of Florida high school football. I'm always repping my Georgia high school. Florida high school football is the best. I, I will concede. Now, California, Texas, y'all can have it. Y'all got a gazillion people out there. Get out of here with that nonsense. But you said I went, I went into industrial engineering because I like math and I wanted to have something I could fall back on that was a good career. But you left early. Like, you left college early to go pro. What went into understanding? Because you're saying, look, man, I've only been playing football literally for seven years. What made Ian Scott say, I think I'm ready for the next level? Oh, well, I think part of that, though, you know, we we had a lot of change and turnover, right? After Spurrier left, it was a it was a different environment. I think some of us, it was a better transition than others. Um, it was a bit more challenging for me um, just from a – just from a personality standpoint and a fit. And then when I hurt my knee that year and I was playing with the torn meniscus and decided to get it cleaned up, it was, I was looking at um, with my engineering stuff because of the way that things were operated then. It was different from Spurrier's time. It, was very, it became very difficult for me to continue doing my engineering classes while – playing under the new regime I was going to have to either change majors which after your junior year it's kind of hard to say oh I'm going to go change and do something else for the next you know 12 months or whatever it was um, and wind up not graduating anyway and I didn't really want to give up all of that time so the NFL you know just I figured you know I was young enough um, and I didn't want to go back and risk getting hurt anymore um in college if i had an opportunity to play it just it felt like the right time uh with everything going on you know there's no no transfer portal back then so if oh i had to go somewhere else i'd have been sitting and then you're looking at 24 being 24 you know as a defensive lineman coming out that's a whole different prospect than being 21. So what was the harder transition in, deciding to leave early or having to move to Chicago? Because, I mean, you literally, like, look, man, I, I've been in Gainesville. This is what I do. I mean, most people, when they go to college like myself, we got to go off. Sometimes another state. Sometimes most of us ain't never been 100 miles down the road. I don't care where you're from. Gainesville, Florida, my whole life, 21-year-old on a plane going to Chicago. And I, I know I've been to Chicago when it's cold. I've been to Chicago when it's hot. It is total different worlds. Lord, when it's cold and hot down how did one deal with that transition of being a 21 year old trying to figure out life in the windy city well it was i think i had a bit of a easier transition because you know alex was already up there and then they drafted four of us all together so it was it wasn't a whole lot different you go and you see you got four of your teammates from college there that you see at work every day um that made it better and of course i got married before i got drafted so I had a I had a teammate with me, uh, and you know Crystal, but you know it's that those things kind of make it easier. I wasn't on my own, you know. It was a new it was a new city, but you know how it is. Like with football, like that takes up all your time, and I didn't have a whole lot of time to go exploring or anything like that. You know, I was in the facility all the time, trying to learn as much as I could and make sure that I kept my job. So, you know, once you get to that point you know, with all of the familiar faces around, that kind of helped my transition. I mean, speaking of familiar faces, I mean, you you played in Chicago when Chicago was, and I'm talking about the defense, by the way. I'm Nothing against Rex and them, nothing against those guys. 
on that side, but they go Earl Lacker, they go AB, they go they go Peanut Tillman, they go Tommy Harris. What is it like playing on a defense that the whole city expect y'all to only give up seven points a game, only average three yards of running? What is it like playing on a defense like that? Chicago is a is a defensive minded city when you're talking about football. They love their defensive players. Those guys are even you know the all the guys that played. They know they know everybody. Um, and uh, so it was a lot of fun playing defense. And we all kind of were about the same age. We had all kind of come in the league in the, you know, within a couple years of one another. So we kind of grew up together uh, leading up to that uh, 2016. Um, and so that was that was a lot of fun. We had we had a lot of fun together. Um, and uh, I tell some of my, you know, friends from that time, maybe a little too much fun, which is, you know, why they split <laughs> up after that. <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say this, Ian. There, there were certain, there were certain dads when we was at Florida that made the transition. At least for a person like myself, your dad was one of them. Meaning, your dad cut no corners. Lovable gentleman, but he gonna tell you the truth. What was it like you being raised by? Because being raised by somebody like that, because I say that because most, you know, most unfortunately, a lot of us young men grow up without our dads, and. Football is our safe haven. Your dad was a person that, look, if you play with Florida, you come around him, you might, your last name might as well be Scott. He's going to treat you just like just like a son. <laughs> what is it like? For, what was how, how much did that help you having a dad that says he right there? He ain't going to gonna tell me the truth. But he also, you know, set a standard with you and your brother to make it so that, look, man, we understand what it's like to be under pressure well before we got to Florida. Uh, you know, that's something when you're a kid, you don't quite appreciate as much until you become older. Um, you know, sometimes that does, it's not as easy when you're living in it. Uh, if that makes, um, but you realize how, how special that is to be able to have that. Cause like you say, there's a lot of, a lot of young guys that are growing up. They don't have that person at home with them. You know, my dad, uh, when I was younger, he worked out of the house. So he took us to school. He picked us up. You know, he was, he coached all of our youth sports. You know, he was my defensive coordinator in high school. So, you know, after the games, I had to come home and watch the game. And then I had to watch the next team all weekend. Like, um, so it was, it was something that was, you know, when I got older, it was a very, it was a very special thing. And, you know, I I love that I got to uh, share that with my teammates, too, because, you know, being able to um, be together like that, um, you know, it, it's those are valuable memories um, and something that, uh, you know, I hope to be able to provide as well. Yeah, we got we got to you, you are part of this current trend when it comes to former former Florida Gators going back to their alma mater's coaching their high school. You got Seatrick. He's back at Fletcher. Cornelius. Ingram right there at Hawthorne. I think Willie Jackson's at PK. You, you're coaching the same school that gave you your athletic identity. You already had one, you know, uh, you know, uh, away from the field. What is that? What is that call like? Because people think when you play football, they think you're going to coaching. They think, oh, you're going to coach, you're going to do, you're going to become a GA coach at a college, hopefully become a head coach. But it's got to be a different feeling when your alma mater is saying, all right, Ian, man, I mean, uh, we want you to come back to coach. What is that conversation like? Because, I mean, most guys go college, pro, whether it's 
uh, a player or a coach. You went to college. Now you coming back to high school. What was that call like for you? That was an interesting situation because, um, like, it, you know, being a former player and trying to be a coach is a lot harder than I think a lot of people uh, have the idea that it is. Um, and everybody's got a different journey to get there. I was fortunate enough to become a GA at Florida and get my foot in the door, although that didn't work out uh, the way that we had hoped. Um, had some good years at UCF. And then again, you know, just with COVID and the transitions, um, you know, trying to move on from there was a challenge. So being at Central Michigan, again, uh, uh, with Coach Mack was uh, a really good time, and we did some good stuff. And then I had a, I had an opportunity to go be the assistant defensive line coach in Carolina at the end of the 22 season when they had Coach Wilkes as the interim head coach. And um, everybody I got advice with was like, "Yeah, you got a chance at the NFL. You get, you know, you need to take it." It's, this thing is all about networking. So, you know, broadening your network and you're not with the same guys that you've been with. Uh, so I did it understanding that that was a really big risk, right? You know, they don't got a job promised and I'm in a situation where, you know, my my spot probably will be gone if it doesn't work out the right way. And that's what happened. And I was at home and, you know, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do. You know, it was not a lot of coaching opportunities available at the time um, that uh, that I had an opportunity to work my way into. So um, I was just trying to think about what what did I want to do? You know, I got my oldest daughter was here uh, staying with my parents because she wanted to graduate from a high school in Florida so she could qualify for the bright futures thing that we have down here. Um, and, you know, my younger daughter who's a senior now she was wanting to thinking about doing the same thing and so i was like well let me call my dad and see hey i wonder if anybody's looking for you know a coach down there maybe i can go do that um because as a head coach the one thing you get judged on is wins and losses that to me that's that's clear cut you know (laughs) it's not about my social media game it's not about you know how much i jump around and yell and scream Right. We either win or we don't. And that to me, that's a, as fair as you can get when you're talking about judging uh, your when you know, your production as a coach. So um, I was surprised when he told me that Gainesville High School was looking for somebody and have been looking for somebody for a while because I had been down here recruiting and I had talked to uh, the previous head coach and things seemed like they were going well. But the transfer portal uh reaches all the way down to high school and his a lot of his best players decided to go elsewhere and they had a rough season and it was really hard and um everybody was looking for a change and they were having trouble finding somebody to take the job and um i had you know i had a previous relationship with the principal i already knew so i called him and asked him about you know what they were looking for and everything and he was excited to hear from me and um said if you know if you want the job is yours so then you know i had to talk with crystal and we had to do some praying about it and uh see if it works so she's actually working in the front office (laughs) uh and uh so we get to see each other every day and you know get to be at school so savannah's in the senior she's in the 12th grade over there and my oldest son uh, uh joseph is uh in the 10th grade so it's a family affair. We get to see everybody all the time, which are 
those are special times because they, they won't be around for a whole lot longer. They're going to be graduating here soon and be gone. So we got an opportunity to be here close to family and see each other every day. And that became the biggest part of the decision. And, uh, you know, being that it's my high school and I get an opportunity to help kind of restore the identity that we had, you know, that a lot of people remember is, uh, you know, an opportunity we're looking forward to. I mean, just just listening to it. I mean, you know, like you say, you prayed for, you told your wife about it. You had, you had your oldest daughter already there because she wanted to graduate from Florida. Now it's a family affair at the school. Wife's in the front office. You walking around the school telling your players, hey, I'm watching you. I'm looking at you. I, I know what you're doing. But you mentioned the transfer portal. Everybody wants to talk about two things when it comes to college football. NIL, transfer portal. In your humble opinion, Ian, which one you think has reshaped college football more? Um, I think the transfer portal has reshaped college football more. Um, you know, the opportunity to, for both, right? You get a new coach. You take, you know, and I know it's, it's a buzzword, but you take, take Deion Sanders, for example. I don't know Deion. I don't have really an opinion about what he does, but for him to be able to go to a place and basically have – a whole new roster that's ready to play spring football. And then in the season, his first year, that's unheard of, right? You got to go in there. You know, when urban came down here after we were done, right. He had to take the same guys, right. And build a team with those guys while sprinkling in, you know, the recruits that he could get. Right. And it take, you know, takes a little bit, but now you can literally change a whole team in a year. You can, you know, flip the whole, uh, excuse me, the whole roster over in a year, which is unheard of in college football. I think that has changed, and that has started happening even before they allowed, you know, players to make money off of their name. Um, so I think the name, image, and likeness is a whole separate thing. That What that is doing is changing um, the leverage, right? Uh players have more, you know, authority over their own selves. They have more leverage in, you know, what you can ask them to do, when you can ask them to do it, um, how you have those uh, conversations, all right? Um, it makes, to me, it makes recruiting more honest, right? You can't lie to these kids, right? And, you know, you get some unscrupulous recruiters that'll tell a kid whatever they want. Once you sign that paper, you're stuck. Right now, mm -hmm. with the NIL, you know, with the transfer portal and NIL, these kids can—they've got all the leverage. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the next thing you'll see is whether or not they form a union of college football players, which I think for the players would be a huge mistake because now you give all the power back to um, mm -hmm. the the people you know that have the authority. So we'll see what happens with that, but. You know, the transfer portal has made a huge difference. It's, I think, leveled the playing field, all right, a little bit. Uh, you get, like we saw last year, right, you had Michigan, right, in the Final Four. You know, Florida State went undefeated. Um, not that Florida State was uh, – either one of those are new teams, but they hadn't been at the table for a while. Washington is in there. Texas is back in there. That's all, you know – results of the transfer portal um and 
there's no position that has a bigger impact than the quarterback, right? Being able to, you think about that, like um, Texas, right? Quinn Ewers is a transfer, right? Uh, originally went to Ohio State, transferred to Texas. Then you got Michael Penix at Washington. Indiana transferred to Washington, right? They got a whole new outlook. So USC struggling for a while. Caleb Williams, right, goes to USC. Now they're being talked about. Bo Nix goes to Oregon. The quarterbacks moving around is changing the face of college football and, you know, where these teams go. Um, and that's not something that you ever saw, shoot, even – six years ago college football to me has more it has more it has more appeal to to the to the i guess natural everyday uh football fan because the nfl you're gonna watch it's the only thing on sunday you're gonna watch it just because nil is something that's it's so it's it's ever changing just when you think you got a handle on it it'll change again transfer portal has given a lot more ownership to the players but you know, just like I know, Ian, we in college. Just say we in college right now. We really don't know what's going on. We know we get to negotiate. We don't know nothing about no Uncle Sam. That's a real person, <laughs> even though he's invisible. We know yep. nothing about contract negotiations. We know nothing about what's fair and not fair as far as the deal. We just mm -hmm. know I get to make money. And I get to make these videos. And I get to do these things. If you are a current head coach in college right now, you got all the resources, so which means we got the dollars to go out there and get the players. We get it. What does Ian Scott put in place for his players to say, look, man, I want y'all to play. I'm trying to eliminate this side so y'all can focus on football a little bit because I get it. Every time I see you, you got a million followers. You're doing brands with, without your, you know. So what does Ian Scott do to say, hey, fellas, I want y'all to get your money, but you came here to play. How do you get them to focus on what they're here to do and not take away from, you know, what they're trying to benefit from their name and image like? Well, I think at the end of the day, that comes down to your evaluation. You know, what's important to you. I, I, when I was, when I got to central Michigan, um, you know, I had a co one of the tight ends coach. He asked me, what are you looking for? Right at your position. I said, well, the number one thing that I need, right, are guys that are willing to compete. And if something is hard, they're going to go through that. You can find that in high school, right? You can go watch a guy play. You can go to practice. You can get information if you're doing it the right way. And you can find out kind of what the makeup of a person is, right, if you, if you know what you're looking for. And if you find those competitive guys, the money is just going to be, you know, an asset. And they're going to understand the better that I play on the field, the more of that I'm going to get in the future. Right. And to me, that's where you start. Obviously, um, the different levels are different. Right. Us recruiting in NIL at Central Michigan, a lot different than recruiting at Florida or Georgia or Alabama NIL, right? You're you're talking a whole different ball game. And so that's you have to have a strategy that everybody is on board with and everybody is together with. But I think at the end of the day, even in the NFL, right, you're still looking for those competitors that it doesn't matter what you pay them, what they get joy out of and what drives them is their success on the field. And that's what you gotta go 
and you still have to make that a priority. You know, I got the, you know, the misfortune. I had to play against uh, Miles Graham, right, this year. And luckily, you know, he didn't play a whole lot of running back. I still think he's probably the best running back that uh, came out this year, too, uh, even though he went to Florida as a, as a linebacker. But that kid is – he's about the right things. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, his dad was our teammate, but – you know, you see the kid, he's about the right things. Um, it's not, not going to matter, you know, what that money looks like. He wants to go and win football games. He wants to do whatever it takes to be successful. Those are the types of kids that you got to go and recruit because then you know that when they do have the money, right, that's only going to drive them to be more successful. They're not going to quit and, you know, be satisfied um, or get distracted with that piece. And that's, to me, what – what you're looking for. Obviously you in Gainesville, you know, I'll be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, what, what, how do you, what do you, what do you think the current state of affairs are, you know, at Florida and, you know, how would you, you know, fair or unfair, how would you, what would you give Billy Napier two years in, you know, in this NIL world trying to, you know, trying to, you know, go, go stay nationally relevant because of where you at. Florida would never not be nationally relevant, but what, how far away are they? How close are they to competing in the East? I mean, even though Georgia is on another level right now, what would you what would you give Billy Napier two years in? Um, I that's <laughs> that's a uh, I'm I'm not in the building, so there's not a lot you know that I can say about what's happening day to day. Um, here is just you know, and this is my own personal opinion. Okay, and you saw firsthand what we were, you know, and if you look at the history of the state of Florida, right, what made Florida, Florida State, Miami, what rose all of those schools to prominence were recruiting the athletes that are down here and going to Georgia and getting some too, right? And you take a guy like you who can move like a receiver, right, but a little bit bigger and say, you know what, we're going to put him at tight end because he's going to be a problem, right? On defense, we're going to take the safeties, right? We're going to lift them weights, get them bigger. They're going to become linebackers. We're going to take those linebackers. We're going to get them bigger. They're going to become defensive ends. We're going to take defensive ends, make them defensive tackles. We're taking defensive tackles, making them offensive guards. We're taking a big tight end. We're making him an offensive tackle, right? Kenyatta Walker, Mike Pearson, they weren't huge guys they were tall and they got great feet and they could move right and we had guys inside Zach Zadalis and you know those guys that would maul you like that's that's how all three of our schools you know got to prominence and to me you have to you know that's what Florida State has gotten back to right you look at their D-line those guys right are attacking Right. Their linebackers can run and they can hit. Right. College football has become a space game. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to tackle in space. Even Nick Saban, who, you know, for years, I'm going to play a three, four with these, you know, big guys that two gap and everything. He's had to move away from that just because you can't you can't do that on a, you know, a big level. And I think. You know, we're starting to get the guys in 
that are those bigger athletes that can go and make plays all over the field. And that's what you need. You know, it's, it's just, you got to kind of do that in today's game. I love, um, uh, number three, uh, Trey, uh, he's, he's dynamic, right? He's, you know, as many times as you give him the football, like he's going to go and make some plays, right? I think we got some linebackers that can run and hit and that are physical. I know we got some defensive linemen. I mean, that LJ McCray's, a, you know, he's phenomenal. You know, you know, you got some guys coming back. I know Cam Jackson's a big guy, but he moves pretty good, right? So you got those type of guys that can go and do that. And the more that you put them in those spaces to execute, they're going to be good. You know, they got to, they got a challenge. And that's the great thing about the University of Florida. It ain't ever going to be easy. You're going to, you're going to play the best people and you can do that all the time. And if they can have some success early, that'll be good. I think having, you know, former players like Mike P and uh, Spikes in the building is, you know, helpful because, you know, one thing that we always did, right, is when we played Georgia, all right, we knew we were going to win that game. So no matter what happened during the game, all right, we never thought like, oh, you know, we're in trouble, right? Even when we were the only team to beat them in 02, right, and stop them from having a chance to win the national championship. Like, we went and played in that game. Like, we, there was never a moment where we thought, hey, we're, you know, we're down, right? Um, I think that's kind of switched in their favor a little bit, right? They've had some success, right? Even though we went right down the field and scored on our opening possession, you didn't see any panic right, in their sideline. They weren't, like, nervous at that point. Um, and I think we just have to – that's the mentality we got to, you know, get back. And I don't know the guys in the room. I don't know how you communicate that. You just hope that they, uh, you know, have enough uh, success early. Um, and just, you know, you're always, as a coach, trying to build up the belief in your team. And I know Billy's doing that. You know, Coach Mack uh, runs the same type of program. It's all trying to – build up the belief in your players, prepare them to execute. I know that's what they're working on, and I'm, you know, cheering for them to get that done. Before I let you out of here, because as you dropping gems on here today, when you talk about, I ain't even, I never ever looked at it like that. Listen, man, I'm going to make a safety a linebacker. I'm going to make a linebacker D, and I'm going to make a D and a D tackle. I'm going to make a D tackle off. And, but the difference is the willingness to do that. Hey, you're going to get it. Cause it's like this, hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through a Rob Glass offseason, and you're gonna gain so much muscle. You too big. You too big to play this now. But I think the difference is now from back then was, man, I think I heard somebody say it. You know, going not going to Florida back then was it was a different level of prestigious, like attached to it. Like, man, these is the top 25 seeds in the state. Nothing against that team on the panhandle, nothing against that team down south. And I'm not saying it has lost that. It's just the fact that because I know I, I got options, if it don't work here, I can go somewhere else. Even whether I play quarterback or not. With us, we was like, man, I'm not going. And we went through a cold transition. We, mm -hmm. we just won the Orange Bowl and breaking news, Spurrier going to the going to the pro. What you mean, Spurrier, Spurrier just saw us? Yeah. It's not home, bro. No, yep. he's going. Mm -hmm. When you talk about – when you talk – Talk about everything you just said about Billy Napier. You've had some, you've had a very, very, very immensely blessed life being from Gainesville, going to Florida, going to Chicago, going to the Bears, going to the Eagles, going to the Chargers, Central Michigan, UCF, back at Florida. But now 
head coach at your alma mater. What? I mean, you you're gonna have to dig deep. What is Ian Scott's proudest moment in his life thus far? Because it's steady being written. What is one moment you look back on and say, "Man, ain't no way in the world this happened to me," but it happened. I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, getting married is the, you know, that's the best day. Um, but being a dad, uh, you know, and you kind of, when you're a kid, like you kind of, that's something like you kind of think about like, oh yeah, you know, I'll be a dad one day, but like being a dad and having these kids and, you know, I'm, I'm of the age now, my kids are of the age where they're starting to you know, move out and they're going to be adults and you kind of see, you know, the, the character that they have built. That's, um, like I said, my oldest is at UCF. Uh, she did not get into Florida, which is crazy. Um, it's hard to get, you know, it's crazy, crazy hard to get into Florida um, these days. My younger daughter, right. She's, she's already been accepted to two schools and, uh, you know, she's got more to come, um, you know, just my boys and, uh, they're, they're respectful, right. They, you know, they do the things that, uh, you would, you would want them to do all those things. I couldn't be more proud than, um, you know, and, you know, just to, to be their dad. It's, uh, it's my favorite thing, you know, aside from, being uh, Crystal's husband, that uh, that I can lay claim to, I, I some I don't deserve. He is Ian Scott, the charismatic one. My uh, my lady gonna look at this interview and say, "Do you see the way Ian was picking up his?" I said, like, "Oh my God, Ian's always <laughs> been like that. He was married before. Listen, he was married <laughs> before he ever ever got drafted." But I will say this, Ian: when I saw that you became a head coach, Gainesville, I I was I was happy for you because I know people think. These decisions don't come lightly. They don't come easy. A lot goes into it because now my kids, your wife has has had to share you because of your career since you left, left Gainesville. Now they sharing you, but it's different because they see you every day. It's a little different when, hey, you know, I got to go to practice, but I'm coming home compared to, hey, I've been in training camp all day, all month. Mm-hmm. And I still got to get right back. I am super duper happy for you, you Shannon. I know he down there at uh, Sonny's. I know, I, you know, I, I spoke to Canadians. I spoke to Seattle. I can't, you know, Willie. He he big he big time me these days. You know, he's back. <laughs> he's gonna pick up the phone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to dive on him when I when I see him. But I'm just happy for you, Ian, for this reason. Class 2000 had a lot of characters in it, man. A lot of different personalities. Joe personality was always just very, 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 very stable. Like, no matter what happened, stable. Hey, man, everything's going crazy. Calm down. It's going to be all right. Carlos going. Carlos Perez, that go, that go Orion Green. You calm down, Orion. Shut up, Carlos. It's like always stable. So, I'm, for, for, listen, from one, from just being your former teammate, man, I'm just happy for you because as players, as former, we don't get to see about each other because life's happening, you know? We get yep. married. We start paying this thing called taxes. Where that come from? Lord. <laughs> but... Make sure and tell your moms and your pops, man. I said hello. I'ma have to. I'ma have to. You know, the, the you know, my son. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's a freshman in high school. Okay. You know, uh, you know my my. I got two daughters, man. One of them gonna be an actress. The other one gonna be my little super duper star. She she, she's a super duper star. She tell me that all the time. I, I got a chance to come speak in Florida back in the day, back when Coach Mack was there. Yeah. And uh, 
she said, Dad, they got you up here. You know, I had a little picture of me up there or whatever. And she said, she said, Daddy, when I come to Florida one day, they're gonna take your picture down. I said, I, I said, when you come to one day, I said, as long as you it's got your free, personality. Yeah, I said, as long as it's a free day, they're gonna be right there. But look, man, the re- you are the reason why I do this in. I've, I've already spoken to you. You know, I'm up here in the back in the back in the great state of GA. Don't yeah. get a chance to get down to Florida. Have not seen that new facility down there. I heard about it. I heard it's futuristic. The I boys don't even have to walk up the stairs no more. God, yeah. they spoil. Yeah. But uh, tell the missus I said hello. Tell your parents I said hello. This I ain't never, I ain't had a chance to meet them youngins. But if I all I gotta do is see their face, I said that's a Scott. That right there. That's, <laughs> I got a Scott all day long, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, hey, man. I hope you have a good season in 2024. I know high school football in Florida. Y'all can't hide down there. That's Friday nights in Florida. Everything is shut down. So yeah. Uh, do your thing, man, and we will definitely be in touch, man. And like I say, man, he is Ian Scott. I am being true. This is 84 reasons. No games, no gimmicks. But Spurrier's last SEC championship was 2000. Wait a minute. We were on that team. Ian actually played. I just took the picture. Next to the <laughs> <laughs> I took the picture next to the side. You know what I'm saying? We wanted in Atlanta. But we got one, though. We you got, we got two rings, though. They ain't as everybody, big as nowadays. Everybody forget about it. Everybody <laughs> so Spurrier's about last it. go around. <laughs> yeah, man. I listen, but love you, boy. Be good out there. Love you too, man. Yes, Appreciate sir. It. All right. Yep.